This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. You're listening to TGI Sports Talk with your host, Keith Angle, on Northeast Streaming Sports. Angle with TGI Sports Talks College Sports Huddle. We welcome you here on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're also on Northeast Streaming Sports as always, and this show will air tomorrow at noontime on Roku. So, welcome everybody. Please like and share the show. We hope you guys have enjoyed this college basketball tournament. Um, I want to thank the groups that have again allowed me to share this uh, to them every night. Good evening or good afternoon to you, Alan, I guess. Um, we're going to have a great show tonight. Hopefully I'll be joined in just a little bit by legendary college basketball, well, sports writer in general, Dick Hoops Weiss. I mean, college basketball is how I know uh, uh, Dick and Dick's writing when he wrote for the New York Daily News, but he also wrote for the the Philadelphia Daily News, uh, among other publications, he's been a contributor on um, TV telecasts. He's he's a member of more Hall of Fames than than I can even possibly start to name off. He's been to he's covered forty five NCAA Final Fours, thirty five national championship games in college and and uh, college football and college basketball. And I'm hope Dick gets in today because. Uh, He's a great guest. I've had him on a couple of times uh, in the past, uh, not this year yet, uh, but we're excited to have him on. We'll talk about a, a, a ton of topics tonight. We're going to talk about, obviously, uh, the games last week. Uh, we'll talk about the, this Final Four and some of the great storylines that I see here. Um, you know, we've got history. Duke and North Carolina matching up, not just for the first time in the Final Four, but for the first time in the college or the NCAA tournament in Coach K's last year. What a great story this is with Coach K finally, not finally, reaching his his uh, this final four in his final year. Um, I see Dick popping in partially. Hopefully his camera will come on in a second, um, but we'll lead him in in a second. Now I see his camera coming on. So we'll talk to we'll talk to Dick about that and and much, much more. Um, for as long as he can put up with us tonight, we've had Dick on before I said, and he's a, he's a pleasure always to have on. And he's, he's just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the NCAA. Good evening, Dick Weiss. Hey, how are you? It's good to hear from you. You too. It's been a little while since we've had you on, but I'm glad you were able to make my it. pleasure. Cause as I told the audience uh, before you came in, I mean, I can think of no better authority on NCAA basketball than you and, and, the illustrious career that you've had. I said you're in more Hall of Fames than I can even uh, start to recite. We take the whole show to do it. But but we're happy to have you on. And and it's been a great, it's been a wild, wild Final Four. Or I'm sorry, NCAA tournament leading up to this Final Four. Um, 
and we get four blue bloods really at the end of the day. What are your thoughts about the tournament uh, up to this point uh, in general? Dick? Well, I'm sure television is happy with the four teams in the final four because yeah. ratings are important. But I think this tournament is a classic example of what happens when you have COVID and 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 players get an extra year you've had you had more experienced teams more mid-major teams with fifth-year players i mean take a look at villanova are they there without two fifth-year seniors Colin right. and jermaine samuels i mean this has been a great tournament because of that and this and the great saint peter's run I mean, people will probably talk about that forever. They're the first 15 seed to get to a uh, to an elite eight. When you look at their personnel, you wonder which uh, door they entered uh, through for the intramural tournament. But they play beautiful <laughs> know, right? basketball together. And Shaheen really has – Holloway did a terrific job making adjustments on the fly. It just reached a point when they played Carolina where Carolina was just better at too many different positions. Well, they caught Carolina at, a, at the worst possible time because they're, they're yeah. the hottest team in a tournament. Uh, you know, I it, ironically, had they lost in the Baylor game, had Baylor come all the way back after a 25-point uh, deficit, we wouldn't have, be having this conversation. And a lot of people would be second-guessing Hubert Davis. But they are playing at a pretty high level. I think the win over Duke and Cameron really reassured everybody. They now have four players, if you think mm -hmm. about it, and Caleb Love and Davis and Manick and, uh, and Baycott, who are capable of getting 20 and even 30 points. I mean, both the guards have had games where they've scored 30 points during the during postseason, and Caleb Love had 29 in the second half against, uh, against UCLA in a a sensational Sweet 16 game in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's funny you brought up the uh, Baylor game because a lot of people were focusing on the fact that they blew that lead and not the fact that they actually came back and, you know, they handled it pretty well in overtime. And I, I was kind of the opinion that those types of games can really be motivating for you as well and, and help you down the road because you've you weathered that storm. I also think this, if Maddox doesn't get ejected, that 25-point lead yeah. probably stays at about 20 because he was playing at a very high level when he uh, when the, when he was hit with a flagrant. Great point. I mean, this is this is a Final Four, uh, Dick, that is just full of uh, great stories. I mean, I'll just give you the, the four that I have for each team, okay. and you can kind of comment on those and bring <laughs> up your own. I mean, obviously, Coach K getting to the Final Four in his final season is such a great story, and, and passing John Wooden for the total number of Final Fours then getting the matchup against North Carolina for the first time ever in the tournament. What a great story there. Um, and, and I'll just go through mine real quick, and then you can jump in here. Sure. With North Carolina, we talked about Hub, you know, Hubert Davis and the, and the tough job he had replacing another legendary coach in, in, uh, in uh, Roy Williams um, and weathering some early season uh, discontent in North Carolina land. Uh, I was kind of down on the ACC myself for much of the year, and they made a, a big rebound, which we'll talk about later. Villanova, Jay Wright, to me, gets on the, the big stage again, and he's one of the best, if not the best, coach in the, in the country, I think, right now. And then you got Kansas, you know, another one of the Blue Bloods, and Bill Self gets his own uh, brand of criticism uh, at times. I mean, the, the team is very consistent. They've been under the, the cloud of this, in, this investigation now for a few years. Um, and it's got to be satisfying for him to get there as well. So 
what are your comments on some of that, uh, Dick? And then, you know, your own thoughts on the storylines that we're going to look well, at. Well, to me, Carolina has got to be the biggest surprise because they lost to Miami by 28. They lost to, to Wake Forest by 22. They lost to Duke at home by 20. Yeah. Middle of the season, people are saying, is Hubert Davis up to the task? Can a first-year coach compete successfully, even in a down cycle for the ACC? But – He's put it all together, and uh, you know he was in tears, obviously, after, yeah. the, after the St. Peter's game. That was pretty obvious. But the they 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 discovered chemistry in their their first five, and he doesn't really play. He doesn't really go much deeper than that. Aside from Puff Johnson, he's living with those five kids. He'll he'll live with Black and Manic and Bake out up front, and Love and and Davis in the backcourt. They get a lot of minutes, and they seem to have really developed a level of chemistry. Look, when they played Carolina in the Smith Center, Caleb Love did not have a field goal. Davis had minimal points. Right. We both go to Duke and they just terrorized uh, Duke at those two guard positions. They won both of those positions. I think that had a lot to do with the fact that they were able to finish so strong in Cameron. I mean, that was a shock the world moment. Uh, yeah. But They've continued to play like that. I mean, you know, they're one of those teams that is an AC the same way they were an AC in 1997. And suddenly they're in the final four because they're not without talent. No, of course not. I mean, in North Carolina is never going to be without talent and they are a great, great story. What's your thoughts on coach K on the other side of that, that uh, matchup? Uh, I think that he has got the most unguardable player in the tournament. I think that, Pella uh, Benchero is, yeah. is a triple threat. He can hurt you from the perimeter. He can hurt you mid range. He can hurt you inside. <laughs> and 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 when he's in the game, it opens up scoring lanes for a number of other people. Certainly for Roach, Moore, and, and and Griffin. I mean, and the fact that they've been able to kind of get this thing done with Benchero and Griffin playing major roles. Uh, and becoming major scoring threats is pretty impressive. Look, this is a team that shot 71% in the second half against Texas Tech, who might well be the best defensive team in this tournament, and they got 87 on them. I mean, that was pretty – to me, that was really impressive. I know a lot of people wanted to try to turn the Arkansas game into a defensive struggle, but – once they won that game, I didn't have much question they could get to New Orleans. I kind of felt that the the Michigan State game and the end of that game was the type of game that could propel a team uh, to the Final Four because you they overcame a deficit at the at the end with a I think a twenty two to six run, right? Um, and that's the kind of finish that can really propel a team. Well, and the other thing is they didn't miss shots in the last five minutes yeah. against either Michigan State or Texas Tech. Yeah. I mean, those are the things that get you over the top. The kids are playing with a lot of confidence. I think it's really helped that Kay has put Jeremy Roach into the starting lineup because he's turned out to be the point guard that they needed because he not only makes shots but he gets shots for a lot of key players and he's really opened up the floor with his ability to penetrate and his ability in transition. Where would you, uh, Dick rank, uh, Mike Krzyzewski on, on the all-time list? I mean, I've got him out of right. Even with John Wooden at this point, I mean, well, you know what? The one thing about Mike is he'll, you know, it's a different game now only because when coach Wooden coached, you had 24 and then 32 teams in the tournament. 
To and frankly, UCLA had to win one game to get to a Final Four. Yeah, I mean they usually had a walk a walkover in the first round, and they <laughs> might have had a difficult regional game. But you know, it wasn't really like they were challenged because back then it was a true regional in terms of you playing West Coast, East Coast, South, and Midwest. And a lot of times, the, the that Southern regional was just a killer and would just wipe out a number of teams that could have gotten to the Final Four if there had been seeding. Now with seeding, things have changed a little bit. Um, but I, I, I think that you still are, are, are in a situation where we had a lot more parity this year than oh, yeah. I think most people thought. I, I mean, I, I, going into the tournament, didn't you think that it might have been 15 to 20 teams who could get to a Final Four? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I thought we were going to see some craziness, but as often as nobody expected the the Kentucky craziness. Oh, no. Nobody expected that St. Peter's run for sure. I mean, (laughs) no. I mean, we're, you know, before I go on to the other two teams, I mean, we're, we talk about Coach K and, and and Duke getting to this Final Four in his last year. It's a great story, but is it a bigger story than what St. Peter's did or not? Uh, I think it will be now because. St. Peter's is no longer with us. Although I'll say this. I mean, Jersey has never had a team win one game, let alone three, since the year 2000. Right. And that was the year that Sheen Hall actually got to a Sweet 16. when Sheen Holloway was on the team but injured his leg and never even got a chance to play in the game. Now he's at St. Peter's, and they they not only beat a really good Kentucky team, but they beat a Murray State team that was 31-2. And And then they they beat – a co-champion in the Big Ten, Purdue. I mean, and they controlled the tempo in all of those games. Now, Carolina, when when the score when Carolina got out that quickly and it was twenty-four to nine, I was just worried that they would. I didn't want them to embarrass themselves, and yeah. I was really concerned when it was forty-seven to twenty because yeah, things had gotten out of control. But you know what? I mean, you have to remember all the good things that happened to that school. I mean, they owned the state for a good two weeks. I mean, everybody was right. I mean, this is a, a gymnasium where they play. It's a high school gym. Uh, and uh, after they beat, uh, after they won in the sub-regional, there were 12 television cameras there that Monday. Yeah. So, I mean, everything and everybody's life story became bigger than life. And, you know, this is not a team that had any Big East players on it. It's not a team that had any real stars on it, but it's a team that played really well together. And I'll give Shaheen credit for this. He played 10 guys and he, and there were times he would substitute in units and he had enormous success because they rarely, in the games they won, they really took bad shots and they, and they shot the ball really well from the line. I think that that is an underrated skill. I mean, that, that, that has come into play in this tournament. I mean, if you can shoot the ball at a third, at an 80% clip in big games, you have a chance to advance. I mean, we've seen it at Villanova. Before it's over, there's a chance that Villanova could be the best three-throw shooting team ever, and that includes the Harvard team in 83. That's an amazing uh, stat. You're right. Uh, and since we're on that, uh, I'm going to come back to St. Peter's maybe in a little bit if we have time. Sure. Um Let's get to the other side of the the, uh, the final four with Villanova and uh, Kansas. Villanova, great run, I guess you said. Um, you know, for a, for a major conference and a major 
college basketball program in Villanova, they still draft kids that stay there. Uh, you know, they aren't one, they don't, Jay Wright doesn't go after the one and done kids. And I think that plays into their success as well. It's funny. They have nine players in the NBA right now. Only two of them are McDonald's All-Americans. Now they actually had a McDonald's All-American this year, Cam Whitmore from Archbishop Spalding down around, down around Baltimore, who was the leading scorer in the McDonald's game last night. But for the most part, they're not getting the one and dones. I mean, these kids usually stay. I mean, Kyle Lowry left after his, uh, his sophomore year. Uh, Alonzo Spellman left after his redshirt freshman year. Besides yeah. that, most of these kids are staying at least three years. And yeah. the player development that goes on with Jay is pretty extraordinary because all the players who play f- major minutes for that program tend to get better from the time that they were freshmen. I mean, when you saw Jermaine Samuels as a freshman, who thought that he would wind up being the uh, most outstanding player in the Southern Regional? Not right. me, but he has had a sensational Big East tournament and a sensational tournament to date. It's just I just feel bad that 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 Justin Moore is hurt, Keith, because I yeah. I honestly believe Villanova might have a shot against uh, against Kansas if he played. Now they have they just have no depth. Yeah, and and Kansas is uh, you know. They got a lot of, they go pretty deep as you, uh, on the they other. go pretty deep with pros. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to, uh, Villanova just for a second before we go to Kansas. Sure. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think based on what you said, it kind of backs up my comments that Jay Wright might be the least talked about great coach in this country. Well, I think after Krzyzewski retires, he will be the best coach in yeah. college basketball. I mean, he understands the business of basketball. His players get better. He's been to three Final Fours in six in six years. This year, he doesn't even have it have a player who's going to be drafted, and he gets there. It's He's pretty got two amazing when you think about it. I mean, you know, I mean, I, national championships, right? Since two thousand sixteen. Yeah, but you know what? Like in eighteen, they had five guys get drafted. Yeah. And, okay. I mean, and in sixteen, they had a legitimate shot. Uh, shot blocker and, and 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 a lot of big shot makers in in those games. I mean, they played in an elevated stage both times in Houston and San Antonio, and they shot lights out in both semifinals. And even against Michigan in the final in 18, they had 10 threes in the final. And Dante DiVincenzo comes off the bench, gets 31, and ends up being the MVP of the entire tournament. Right. So I'm going to take it from where we where you started to go here with Kansas that you know, we don't give Villanova much of a puncher's chance here uh, against this loaded Kansas team. What are your thoughts on them and Bill Self and you know and where this is going to is this going to help his legacy? Is it going to take away the some of the stench that surrounded the the investigation there? Maybe that's too strong a word, but what are your thoughts on that whole? Uh, well, it's not like anybody's come – not like the hammer's fallen yet. I mean, it's, it's weird. Amazing. I, I, I would have thought that the NCA would have at least taken steps to do something if they had any sort of evidence. I was at that federal trial up in Manhattan mm-hmm. after the investigation, and there was some amazing stories coming out of that. I mean, in both, in both, in both uh, the early trial and the later trial, I mean – it made you really wonder. Now, ironically, with uh, name likeness, name image and likeness, there are no crimes. Anymore. Right. That's right. There are no sins. Yeah. So how do you punish somebody for something that's now legal, basically? I mean, well, yeah. I don't know. You have to ask Kelvin Sampson about that. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> good point. 
a great coach who, uh, you know, another great guy we could talk about forever too. Another, yeah, for no, another I'm, I'm a huge Kelvin Sampson guy. And uh, I, he, be, he became such a good offensive coach when he went to the NBA. Yeah. He was already a great defensive coach long before he went to the NBA. He's done a tremendous job turning that Houston program, uh, getting it. Now that now they're going into the, the big 12 and he's going to be able to, he got, he got one five-star kid this year. He's going to be able to recruit that city like no one's ever recruited since Guy V. Lewis was what was there in '83 when they had five slam and jam. Yeah, when it's not next year, right? The year after they'll be in the yes. Big Twelve. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a couple comments. I'll, uh, Alan, I know you got a couple comments, and I just don't want to go too far out of the Final Four just yet. I'll bring those up for Dick before we get done. Um, so I guess the predictions here, you're going to go with Kansas over Villanova. Probably only because I just don't think Villanova has got enough depth. I mean, look, last game before, even before Justin Moore got hurt, they played five guys in the thirties and they played Eric Dixon 26 minutes. Now without, now with, without, without more the, I mean, Chris Archidiaco is probably their sixth man and they, they have no real reserve size. I would have thought at the start of the year they would have played Nana Najoko a little bit because he's a six nine freshman, but they opted to redshirt him, and it's worked out so far because they've not only won the Big East tournament, but they've gotten to a Final Four. I mean, you can't criticize anything that that, that Jay does. No, he. I think he's. I think he's one of those special people in the in the sport. You know, and he doesn't cheat, and and, and his kids graduate. It's almost like. Now there's a guy that's almost too good to be true. Yeah, well, hopefully they're that, lucky, to, and they're lucky to keep him because yeah. he's got over twenty offers. It, it, plus the NBA, or maybe you're including plus the, the NBA. NBA. No, I wasn't even including the NBA. I mean, yeah, know, I mean everywhere from Kentucky to to, to UCLA, they've all called. Oh, the and next, he's, might, and he stayed all the time. The next might come sniffing again. Who knows? So, yeah, uh, you know what? I think maybe five years ago that would be more enticing than it is yeah. now. I, I I have a feeling he's probably a lifer at bottom. The guy's making $6 million. Yeah. So it's not like we're dealing with a small yeah. Catholic school that can't afford to pay somebody 500000 Yeah. Well, I hope he stays because, again, we're not going to see a lot of guys like uh, that. And you know what? He's good for the game. Yeah. He's so good for the sport. I mean, one of the reasons I hate to see guys like Coach K and, and Jim Beheim getting towards the end of the career because we're not going to see these guys 40 years at a school anymore. No, I mean, you know what? When you talk about guys winning 1,200 games, no one's ever going to come close to that. I mean, I was just at Herb McGee's last game, and he won like 1,100-plus games at at Textile. It's now called Jefferson Mm -hmm. College uh, in in Philadelphia. I mean, who's going to coach till they're they're 80 anymore? I mean, I guess the only one is Jimmy Bayheim. Bayheim, both, right? He's never going to – they're going to carry him (laughs) off in a shield. (laughs) Cold winter night. I laughed the other or a few weeks ago, uh, not to digress to uh, outside of our conversation, but when, you know, Syracuse announced they had another succession plan in place, I'm like, well, I think we've been here before. Yeah, I think Mike Hopkins wants to hear all about it. Right, right. Uh, so what about the other side in the Duke Carolina game? It's good. To me, this is a toss up. I'd love to see Coach K win, but I don't know that they're going to. Well, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think that there's an awful lot of people paying an awful lot of money to see that type of ending, yeah. but I wouldn't want to bet against Carolina the way they're playing right now is particularly if, if Mac and, and love are making shots at the rate they're making them. I mean, it's going to be a hard game. I mean, this, I mean, 
I, you know, the winner is going to come down to maybe the last few possessions. I mean, it's going to look the, the last time I can remember this type of hype before a national semifinals was Duke and UNLV in 91. I mean, back when, when UNLV was 32 and out. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm trying to think of, of other games that had this type of, and you know what? No one is paying the money for tickets. And this is a 60, this is a 60, 70,000 seat dome. And they're still paying big dollars to watch this game. Maybe Georgetown, uh, North Carolina in 82, maybe. Uh, that was a huge game. I, I, I think this, the Big East was just starting to get its legs under him. And point, Patrick yeah. was only a freshman on that team. Nobody knew he'd block the first five shots in the game. <laughs> That's a good point. I forgot. About, I knew he blocked a bunch. I didn't remember it was five, though. I was wondering if North Carolina would ever score that game. Yeah, well, you know what? Michael scored the one basket that counted. That's all that mattered. You're right. Uh, started his legend in a nice way. Um Outside, so you know, outside of the the Final Four, and you know, who I mean, we talked about some winners and losers, you know, outside of the games, and we talked about St. Peter's big winner, obviously, and then and in a little, in a kind of a twist, they end up a bit of a loser because uh, Holloway took the job at Seton Hall today, I believe, as uh, Alan points out. I don't know, I hadn't seen that. I don't know if you heard about it, but it seems to be a done deal anyway. Um, they seem to be obviously the big winners outside of the teams that are in the Final Four. Um, what are other, some, somebody, some other teams or coaches that you, that really got a boost out of their performances here in this last couple of weeks, Dick? Uh, I think that, uh, conferences, you know, I think the SEC finally reached into, um, the mid-major, uh, portal and got coaches who might not have the big names, but weren't necessarily being recycled either. Mm-hmm. I think that, and, and and I like that. I mean, you have a, you know, you have coaches from uh, um, New Mexico State and Murray State and uh, UT Chattanooga, and they're all suddenly going to big jobs that pay a lot of money. So, Same I mean, I think the mid-major yeah. coaches probably uh, did extremely well of their teams advanced. I mean, Shaheen Holloway's hit the, I mean, hit hit the lotto. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's making he's making two hundred sixty six thousand dollars at Seton Hall. I mean, how much do you think his contract? At, uh, I mean, at Seton Hall, St. Peter's. How much do you think his contract at Seton Hall is going to be worth? Uh, three, four million. I got to believe. Well, I don't know if they'll give him that much, but even if they give him, even if they give him two, two, it could be ten times as much as he was making. Yeah. At a small school in Jersey City that has twenty one hundred people. Let me ask you something. If he doesn't go on this run, they go out in the first round against Kentucky. Is he still getting this job? No. You would not have got the Seton Hall job, even if Willard recommended him. I I think that I think that a lot happens yeah. when you pl- do uh, when you play in front of the spotlight. Yeah. And I think you can do a lot of damage. I think they would have considered him, but I don't think he would have been locked for the job the way he is now. What are your thoughts about him? in that position at Seton Hall? I think the biggest problem with mid-major coaches is they don't realize you have to recruit two levels above where you normally recruit. One level isn't good enough anymore. And Seton Hall has always been a resourceful recruiting place anywhere because it's not like they can turn around and get the best players out of North Jersey to automatically go there because so many of the coaches there love the idea of sending their kids to uh, 
brand name schools. Yeah, very good point. You know, some of the disappointments, I mean, I was disappointed, and I'm sure a lot of people were with the SEC's overall performance, the Big Ten's overall performance, uh, you know, as a conference. Um, well, I'm one of those people that feels that the Atlantic 10 really got a bad deal out of this whole thing. I mean, they were lucky to get two, and they were always going to get two. Uh, it was either going to be Dayton or, or Richmond. Yeah. But, you know, you look at the Mountain West, they got four. They lost every game that they you played. Know, that uh, I was going to, you read my mind. I want to go to the Mountain West as one of the big disappointments here as well. Yeah. And, and, and you can, and you can have the Big Ten too. I mean, yeah. Nine teams is too many. I, if I were, if I were on this committee and I was going to make any one change, I would make, I would make it a rule where teams have to have at least a 500 record in their conference in Thanks. order to qualify for postseason because you pick the conference you're going to play in. You're getting all that television money. If you've got a losing record, why should you automatically get an opportunity to do this? Well, you mentioned the, the, the A-10, and I, I've been railing on this about the 500 record in conferences, and one of my very loyal viewers, uh, Alan uh, from Oklahoma, has been, been – he's a big – Big, big, big 12 fan, and he's been preaching Iowa State forever. And Lenardi had them all the way, and I kept saying they shouldn't be in. They shouldn't be in. How does I, I, and they played well. Don't get me wrong. They played very well in the tournament. But how do they get in over uh, a Dayton or a St. Bonaventure or some other schools that are that are in the mid-majors that are deserving? I mean, I mean, look, and the scary part is they did get to a Sweet 16. Yeah. But that, uh, that was also a it was also a 10-11 Sweet 16. Yeah. I mean, seven and eleven in your conference. If you can't go five hundred, you, 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 you're right. I, I'm glad to hear you agree with me there. And Mountain West to go back to the Mountain West for a second. You know, four. That was a really surprising to see that league get four uh, picks or four seat. Uh, gosh, selections. Um, is it going to hurt some of the mid majors getting deep, going deeper, uh, uh, getting you know more and more? Deep? Maybe out west it will because yeah. you know. But if you think about it. Gonzaga and uh, and Arizona were both one seeds. Yeah. So you had Western flavor to this tournament. It's just that neither of them got past the Sweet Sixteen. So does it hurt the Mount the, the West or the Mount <laughs> West uh, and not mid majors in general? Their performance and their overall. Oh, performance? I think I think the mid majors are always going to be at a disadvantage because they can't get home and homes. And and and. Frankly, a lot of the a lot of the Power Five schools just will not schedule them because they don't feel they have anything to gain and they have everything to lose. And I really think that if college basketball really wanted more parity, they would try to force the issue and force these teams to play home and home at least three or four times a year. Great point. You know, another winner I thought in this tournament is the ACC really re. Uh, kind of rebounded and had a rebirth here late in the season, as we talked about. I, I I thought the league was down, and I think a lot of people thought the league was down through the middle of the season, at least maybe even three quarters through. Um, and they nearly had four, three teams in the final four uh, with with Miami's run as well. It would have been so, 1985 all over again. Yeah, I, I but you know, in the end, you know, I think I I, I admire the fact that. Notre Dame went cross country after playing in the first four and actually won a game. Yeah. Admire the fact that Miami beat Auburn by 18 points uh, in a second round game. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, those teams showed up 
and uh, really gave the league a lot more street cred than I thought they had. I mean, it's it's a it, it was a pretty good March league uh, when you think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, everybody talks about Virginia Tech losing the first round. Well, they probably lost the first round because they put too much so much into the ACC tournament in Brooklyn, and they and they won back to back games against Carolina and Duke. So, in retrospect, was the ACC better this season as a whole, or did they just get hot in March? I think that they were a team, a league that found themselves uh, yeah. late in the season. And you know what? That's why I, I, I'm of the belief that when the committee meets, they really need to reinstitute last 10 games as a factor because yeah. you are a completely different team in March than you are in November. Great point. Uh, to my uh, one of the other points, I'll bring up a couple of comments here while we're uh, finishing up. Unlike the football, the SEC was a disappointment. We touched on it a little bit, but you know, other than Arkansas, they underperformed as well. Um, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, especially when the SEC network is out there claiming that there could be at least six teams in the Final Four. Well, that's kind of mm-hmm. I don't do math very well, but that's kind of impossible. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, look, I thought. Tennessee would advance further. I thought Auburn would advance further. Frankly, I thought Kentucky had a chance to make the Final Four. But when you look at their personnel, guard play really let them down. And so did a lack of concentration for the foul line in overtime. I mean, I'm not a big severe Wheeler fan. I wish I was a bigger Ty Ty Washington fan. But, you know, Kentucky never found a reliable second, second option on offense during the loss of St. Peter's. I mean, Washington shot two for 10 and scored five points. You need more from your key role players. I mean, Oscar's going to get his, but no one else got theirs. You know, it's funny for all the, the talent that John Calipari puts in the end, in the NBA and, and loves to kind of comment on that. You know, we thought again, Villanova and teams like that are the teams that advance more consistently than the Kentuckys. Of the well, world. I don't think you win this tournament anymore with one and done. No. I mean, if you think about it before this year, Duke had been to one final four since 2010. Kentucky has won one championship in John's 12 years there. Yeah. So it's great to be able to walk into a kid's house and show him the salary chart of the players that you're recruiting and show him the NIL that you can make if you go to the schools like that. But it's a, there's still a bottom line here. And I frankly, I think John has lost a little bit of his fan base and he has to win them back. And the only way he's going to win them back is to win a game in March. They didn't win a game. In, they didn't play in 2020. Right. They were nine and 16 last year, and they didn't win a game this year. I mean, that's. I, I mean, I know it's dog years, but it's a long time for Kentucky uh, not to uh, get to a Final Four. I mean, look, I thought they were good enough to win in 11, in 14. I thought they were good enough to uh, to win in 17, but they didn't win. Yeah. Do you think John Calipari's in the crosshairs of some of the boosters there? He may be, but he's got a fifty-two million dollar buyout, so I don't think it really matters. That's a good point. And that's uh, the buyouts are just getting like outrageous. But well, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to lock their coach up, and you know, I would say this: I would say the fan base 
has to be reconvinced right now that they can go deep in the tournament. I mean, I think this next year will be a critical year, and who knows the players he's going to be able to put on the floor, especially if Sharp leaves for the pros. Well, maybe he should uh, go to the transfer portal and get some. Uh, we did. He, I mean, he had three three stars. Oh, that's in the true. Portal. Yeah, that's true. He had Oscar and he and and he and he had Grady and he had Wheeler. Yeah. I mean, he he actually learned. I thought he learned his lesson, and I thought they were better prepared for this tournament than maybe uh, any time in the last few years. But then they end up losing to St. Peter's, and it was a brutal loss. Oh, uh, you know, I mean, and the and the kids from St. Peter's were incredibly calm down the stretch, and they made all the right plays, and you know that that that's a credit to the coach. Now I got to tell you about St. Peter's. I was reading for them as well because another good friend of this uh, show, like yourself, is uh, Butchley, who I've had on several times, and as you know, his son Matthew uh, yeah. was on the St. Peter's. That was team. such a nice story about yeah. about Malcolm. Yeah, great. Great stories. Um, and to see his dad crying after they'd beaten uh, Purdue is such a moving scene for me anyway. I, I don't know. Well, no, listen, I mean, any of us who kind of grew up watching him play high school ball and then watching him almost beat the U.S. team by himself in the first yeah. round of the 76 Olympics, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, for those who were watching don't know, Butch Lee, who uh, I've mentioned several times won the national championship with uh, Al McGuire at uh, Marquette in 77, did not make the uh, U.S. Olympic team in 76. And as Dick alluded to, he played for Puerto Rico and nearly beat the U.S. team that went on to win the gold. Uh, Dean, who was the coach? Dean Smith? Dean Smith was the Dean coach. Smith, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess one last thing, Dick, before I let you go, and I because I probably took up more of your time than I told you I would. Um well, I, I got to get Alan's uh, Oklahoma question in because he's from Oklahoma. We've talked about Porter Mosier, and I like the hire out there myself. He's done a great job. I thought they had a good run at the end of the My year. My only issue with Porter is he, if they go to the SEC, he's a pretty straight shooter. Yeah. I, and there's some programs down there that are yeah. doing some questionable things. Uh, certainly have got more money to with the NIL than any, any other conference. And I think that they've taken a lot more interest in the sport. I'm not sure that uh, Oklahoma and Texas are, aren't are going to have to make a transition when they move over to that conference in both football and basketball. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting uh, scenario for sure when that happens. So, Dick, listen, thanks for coming in. I, I know I only to told you I'd have you for a short time, so thank you for coming out for as long as you did. I always love having you on because I could go on forever talking with you, as you know. And <laughs> And uh, we'll have you on maybe in the fall and talk some college football. How about That's that? a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dick, thanks for coming in. Enjoy, my pleasure. Enjoy the final four, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm on my way tomorrow. Awesome. Enjoy. All right. All right. Bye-bye, Dick. The great, the legendary Dick Hoopsweiss. Um, for those of you who might have just joined us, uh, Dick is a longtime uh, sports writer, mostly college basketball. Uh, for the New York Daily News, the Philadelphia Daily News, uh, 45 Final Fours he's covered. He's on his way out there again uh, tomorrow, as he said, um, in more Hall of Fames than I can even start to recite here, as I said earlier. And he's a great guest to have on, and the man's a wealth of knowledge. And we always thank Dick for coming on. He's been on uh, several times, and we thank that. So, um, And I should have put that up before you left. Sorry about that, uh, Rick, but... Um, I'll certainly uh, 
make sure that Dick uh, sees that uh, comment as well. Good man, good man. A lot of a lot of fun to talk about or talk with. So we'll we'll, we'll dive a little more into. And you guys can certainly uh, add your comments. And I didn't get this one up, Sal. I don't know if you're still here, but because <laughs> for all Duke's greatness at zero and ten uh, in the Pacific, I I really don't know what that stat might mean. Um, you know, obviously, time zone time zone changes are, are difficult, um, and I guess there's a lot of other factors, right? How long were you out there, and you know, time for your internal clock to adjust. I'm not sure what to make of that, especially when you're talking about over many years. It's a ton of, you know, it's probably ten different, um, and maybe not, but it's it's likely to be ten different teams, you know, rosters that uh, that lost those ten games. So I'm not sure really what to make of that, but it's an interesting stat. Uh, for sure. Um, what else, guys? What else we got going on tonight that we want to chat about? We certainly, I mean, look at, we have, I, I've already, I talked with Dick and I'm going to go back to the final four a little bit. And I think some of these matchups are, are so interesting. And I want to elaborate a little bit on what I was talking with Dick and, with earlier and, and the thoughts that I threw out. Um, you know, the story of the tournament, St. Peter's a great story. Um, and as Dick said, it might even get bigger. But still, to me, the story of this tournament is Coach K getting to the Final Four in his final year, passing the legendary John Wooden. And I, I put John, as I talked about with Dick earlier, I put John, him, him at least on the same level as John Wooden now. Um, and again, remember, people are going to throw national championships up there and say that, you know, Wooden won X, more, X amount more than, than Coach K. But as we talked about, it was much easier to get to a final four. You had to win two games and they were playing out West where there weren't, wasn't a lot of really good basketball being played at that time. Um, you know, UCLA and a few other schools, um, you'd have to win, you know, the, the first round would be a cakewalk and, and they'd have to win one game to get to the final four. And, you know, college basketball wasn't as deep. Uh, in very talented teams as it is today. I mean, you didn't go into those tournaments with 15, 20 teams with a chance to get to the final four and maybe even win national championships. So to me, what Coach K has done in his career at least equals, and again, I'm not trying to put John Wooden down, great coach, um, but I think what, what Coach K has done is at least equaled that. Um so that's one of the big stories, or maybe the biggest story of the tournament. Now, the fact that he gets to f- get to the Final Four in his list, in this last season, and now he matches up against Duke's all-time nemesis in North Carolina, just adds adds more uh, you know flavor to the story. This these teams have gone at it for years, twice a year, three times a year if they met in the. Uh, uh, in the ACC champ- championship or the ACC tournament. Often it would have been in the ACC turn- ter- championship game. Um, now they get to meet in the NCAA tournament for the first time. And that first time is in the final four. What a great story. And as Dick said before, TV's going to love this. The TV ratings for Sundays, Saturday's games, I think are going to be through the roof. I really do. Um that I, I, I'm not sure which game. I got to believe North Carolina has got to be the late game. Uh, but even Kansas Villanova, great matchup. Well, let's go back to let me, let me finish up with Duke and North Carolina. Because on the other side of this, Hubert Davis and what Hubert Davis has done here um, has been remarkable. This team was, uh, I bash this team a lot in the ACC, which we'll talk about in a second. 
for a long time this year. The, they didn't have big wins. They beat up on the teams they should have beat, but they didn't really get, have signature wins. Um, I gotta check your. I'll get you your comment in a minute, Rick. Um, and I did. I was down on the ACC, and, and they really came alive late in the year. Not just North Carolina or Duke. I mean, Duke looked like they might be in trouble and maybe go out early. Rick Sherlock and I talked about this a little bit in a in a chat one night. Um, that they might have been a team that would go out early, and then they won that game against Michigan State. And I told Rick then, um, while I did agree with again that they, they could have been an early ouster this year, that type of win where they didn't look like that, you know, Michigan State played a good basketball game, and Michigan and Michigan State had the lead late in that game, and Duke went on a twenty-two to six run to finish that game, and that's the type of game that can propel you, and it did do it uh, for Duke, and you know, look at just a great story, and I thought early on. I don't know how I got back on them again. I thought I was talking about it to North Carolina. <laughs> Maybe this is a stream of consciousness show. Um, when they lost that last game in Cameron uh, Indoor to North Carolina, Coach K's last game at Cameron, I know I said that Sunday that I thought maybe the moment was too big for this young team and that it might hurt them uh, come tournament time That if the bright lights were going to be a problem. But they have stepped up big time, and, uh, you know, they're just two wins away from sending Coach K out a champion, which has only happened a few times in history. I'm try- I'm sure there's more. Al McGuire, I talked about earlier, he walked away, uh, and he had said he was walking away before that, just like Coach K had. Um, and I'm sure there's some other coaches that have walked away after national championships, um, but very few that have announced it and then won. Um, and that happened with Al McGuire and now Coach K. Um, I was talking about Hubert Davis and this team was struggling all year, came back, won that big game uh, against Duke and they were playing well leading up to that Duke, that Duke game at Cameron. Um, and it kind of propelled them through, through, uh, through March. They did lose in the ACC tournament, but played pretty well in the tournament, um, and has played lights out pretty much, except for that low down 25 point lead. Um, against uh, Baylor. But again, as I said at the time, blowing that lead doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they're a bad coach or a bad team. If you learn from the mistakes that you made and without, you know, the best player fouling out, that, that lead probably would have held up, um, as, as Dick White said earlier. Um, let me take this banner down here. Um, but look at this team. Like the ACC in total, has really proved that they're they were probably better than we really gave them credit for, or became better uh, past the halfway point. Because it wasn't just uh, uh, what was I going to say? It wasn't just uh, Duke and North Carolina. Miami won game against Kansas, and Kansas is just too good for Miami. Miami played some great basketball through this tournament, but they did not play well. They didn't sh- did not shoot well um, against Kansas. Uh, but Miami showed that they were they were close, this close to getting three teams in the Final Four. First times, and I think the only time it ever happened was '85 with uh, the Big East in Georgetown, Villanova, and St. John's. 
So again, and the ACC, look at, as Dick said, Notre Dame makes the field, which was a bit of a surprise to some people, and goes out west and wins the game. Virginia Tech um, didn't play horribly. And the teams that got left out, Wake Forest, we'll see them next year. They probably should be there. Again, this, this was my argument about the Iowa States. You know, I just didn't think the Iowa States ought to be in you know, with a 7-11 league record when the Wake Forest is with 13-7 and record in league. And even Virginia at 12-8, and they stay home. Or we can go to smaller leagues. You know, St. Bonaventure, we're seeing now in, in, in the NIT. Again, I understand the competition is different. But St. Bonaventure, 12-5 and in the A-10. We can't have these teams 500 getting into tournaments. We just can't. Real quick, let me put this up. Greg uh, Smith now leads the TGI brackets. Uh, uh, I was going to mention that, and uh, thank you for bringing it up, Rick. And I knew you were uh, concerned about the sad New Yorker. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, the mad New Yorker. I should not repeat that. Um, passing you. I don't think you have to worry about me passing you. I, I, I think I am solidly in last place. If I'm not, there should be a recount. Uh, I didn't do any better in the paid pools that I'm in either, by the way. Plus, you know, I had a chance at the, the Arkansas, that that plus 8,000 I told everybody about, and I was really excited as they hit the Elite Eight, and that bubble got burst. And the same day, I went out of a survivor pool that was worth about four grand. Um, I was down to the final uh, nine guys, I think, nine people, sorry, ladies. Um, and I went out on Houston. I, I kind of backed myself into a corner um, where I was really stuck taking Houston on that last Saturday. And uh, I would not have had a team in the final. That, 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 I think the, the final, that got down to three on Sunday and they split it three ways. So anyway, I digress. I have no idea what that was all about. Um, what else do we want to talk about here? We're talking about Coach K and, and going out with a season ending with a bang. It, it can't be any better than that, right? Um, the St. Peter's run. <coughs> Will this lead to other teams going on similar runs? You know, these are things that don't, you know, we always think, and I do say, I'll continue to say, the St. Peter's of the world, the, the, the MAC and St. Peter's are big winners here. The MAC conference in general this will bring interest. This will bring kids into the into the league. It'll help Iona. It'll help Siena. Uh, and it'll certainly help St. Peter's uh, and their new coach as Shaheen Holloway took the St. Seton Hall job today. Um, but the mid-majors are built for this tournament. Now, at the end of the day, we got four Blue Bloods in the Final Four, which is fine because this, you know, this is what TV really likes, right? Um, and maybe even the, maybe even the average fan does. You get your upsets. You get your 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 Cinderellas like um, like St. Peter's, like Miami, even Arkansas to a certain extent. And at the end of the day, they you you end up with four of the best programs ever to play in this country. Um, and. Even North Carolina at an eight seed, so you got two seeds, you got two number twos, and a one and an eight. But Carolina's not a true eight, not the way they're playing now. 
I mean, if they had reseeded this tournament after the first round and second round, it would not have been a, well, there couldn't be an eight seed because there weren't enough teams left, but you know, understand what I'm saying. They would have been seeded higher. So great job and, and a great job uh, uh, by Seton Hall. And I think the mid-majors are built to at least be more competitive and get to f- elite eights and, and every once in a while get into a final four because they do get the senior leadership. They do get the experience that some of these blue blood programs don't have because they have the one and dones. like to see the coach from uh, the uh, from Coach Davis after the, the win. Um, I agree. I mean, uh, the composure was totally lost by by uh, Hubert Davis, as you saw. Um, you know, he kept just he was crying basically uncontrollably and pointing to his players and you know saying interview them and it's all them and. Uh, I think it was great. You could see Roy Williams, if you watched closely, uh, the cutaways they had to Roy Williams. He was crying in the uh, in the stands. And and this late run by uh, Carolina getting to the Final Four really justifies and shows why Coach Roy Williams had such great confidence that Hubert Davis would be able to, 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 to be able to stand up to the pressures of this job. Hubert Davis was getting a lot of grief uh, in Tobacco Row and around the country, even uh, early in the year, as this Carolina team was again, their record was never horrible, but they just weren't really winning any games other than the ones they should have won. Uh, which is, you know, look at there's something to be said for that as well. Um, but you're when you're when you're trying to find your way in the shadow of a great coach like like Roy Williams, it's tough and. Roy Williams has been behind Hubert Davis his entire way. Hubert Davis, and I don't know, maybe that's more pressure because Roy Williams, every time I saw a North Carolina game, Roy Williams was there. And I don't know if that helps Hubert Davis or, or hurts him, quite honestly. But, you know, I like to see the the Coach Williams there supporting not just the, the program, but the man he wanted to succeed him um, at North Carolina. So, yes. That was honest, raw emotion. Um, and again, uh, the same kind of thing can be said for Shaheen Holloway. Um, and th- that even-handedness that he had throughout the tournament. And, and it, it, I'll ask you guys this, too. Hopefully, uh, I know, Rick, you're still here. And, Alan, I hope you're here because I want to get your guys. And anybody else is here uh, can comment as well. Um, through the first... Um, three rounds, two rounds, I guess. Um, Shaheen Holloway was very calm, very collected. His team was the same way. During the games, after the games and press conferences, being interviewed on the court after the games. And after they beat Purdue to get to the Elite Eight, his demeanor changed a little bit after that game. Now, I debated this with, with Mac. Uh, McGrath on the Mac and Jack show uh, Sunday morning a little bit uh, when I was on with Jack and Mac and Jack and uh, Jim Jeffcoat. Um, Mac felt that that was going to hurt St. Peter's. That the fact that, uh, you know, he came out of character a little bit after that Purdue game and was kind of, you know, there, take that. And everybody who didn't believe in us and blah, blah, blah. And the players, as you saw, played off him 
and were really, again, they were jubilant. They weren't doing anything wrong. They were just celebrating. But it was a different feel uh, after that game. And I kind of debated that I didn't think it was going to really affect the team. I don't know that it did. Um, the fact that they kind of let go and let their emotions go where maybe they had controlled them a little bit better before. Um, I really didn't think it would hurt them against North Carolina. I thought they'd play a close game. And I believe I said Sunday that if they did get blown out, it would be early. Um, and it, that's what happened. Obviously, that, that game got out of hand in a hurry. But I give them credit for being able to stay in the, uh, you know, stay <laughs> – not get beat by 40 in that game. It could have happened, right? They fell down by – they were down at least 25, maybe 29 at one point. Um, and they fought back. I mean, they lost by 20. But that that was a game they could have lost by 40. And I just wonder, you know, how much that – maybe I was wrong when I, when I was debating Mac about this, uh, that maybe his change in attitude after that Purdue game – you know, gave that team the feeling that, you know, we'd done enough. I don't know. I don't know. See what you guys have to think. An underrated tournament story. I feel good. Uh, I feel is how good Michigan played. An underrated term. Well, different story. Um, yes. Uh, the fact that they were able to get I look at, I don't know that Michigan should have been in. I don't know. The Indiana shouldn't have been in. One of them should, one of them could not be in. Both of those teams should not have made the tournament. And if we go by what uh, uh, Dick Weiss and I were talking about earlier, he agrees with me that teams need to be 500 to be in this tournament. Uh, but Michigan, look at they rebounded after a horrible start to their season. Um, they played much better after the midway point. Uh, they rallied uh, around uh, Coach uh, Phil Martelli when he filled in for Joan Howard after he was suspended for the whole handshake slap. Um, interesting. Will Smith and uh, Joan Howard have something in common now. Um, but it's interesting. So, you know, Michigan, I mean, I wouldn't call it a feel good story necessarily, but they played well. Um, no, it is not every day a 15 seed get, you know, I, I look at, I'm not saying that that Shaheen Holloway did anything wrong when he changed his attitude after that game, but that calm, cool. That Mr. The thing that got me early in this tournament was the way he was after he beat Kentucky, or they beat Kentucky, not he. Um, you know, the CBS uh, sideline reporter, and I don't remember her name, you know, had said to him, you're so calm, you're so collected, even during the game. And he was like, it's just basketball. It's just a basketball game. And he kind of kept that same attitude until after that Purdue game. And, again, I don't know. I'm not taking anything away from St. Peter's or St. or Coach Holloway. Great job. Maybe I was wrong because I was sticking up for them to say, who cares, you know. I think he delivered the same message um, just with a little bit more uh, emotion, uh, and the team kind of followed his lead. Rick Sherlock says, go, uh, la, 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 la. I go back to my take. My take on football, the team that wasn't on the plane – and he was gone. Yeah, well, that's true. It's a good point. That's that's probably part of uh, – that could be part of it too. I mean, you know, obviously as, as the tournament wore on, they knew – he knew and they knew he wasn't going to be um, part of this – part of this 
team going forward. But I don't I don't know whether that would have had that much of an effect. I mean, once they beat Kentucky, that was pretty much a foregone con- conclusion, I think, Rick. But, you know, you've got a point. It probably had some effect. Look, at I go back to, you know, with my comments about this stuff, um, it goes back to that fat bastard, excuse me, <laughs> sorry, uh, Bill Parcells in the New England Patriots in 1996 in the Super Bowl week against the Packers. You know, and he'd already basically taken the jet gig, the jet gig before the game ever started. He didn't even fly back with his team. That's where I go off there, man. I'm not going to go off on a tangent here because we're talking college basketball. But, um, you know, hey, St. Peter's, though, just a, it, it is a good story. And, and will we see more of it? Maybe. Because, again, I think mid-majors have always going to have a fighting chance. And I think most years you're going to see a mid-major in that Elite Eight. Because they have kids that are that are hungry and experienced, and they have coaches that are experienced, and and they're but the problem is once they get on these runs, they often are gone. Jim Larangara, well, Jim Larangara, as I mentioned before, the Miami uh, Elite Eight game, you know, he brought George Mason to the Final Four 12, uh, 16 years ago, um, as a twelve seed, I think. I thought he left after that season to go to Miami, but he did not. He, he was at G- George Mason another four years. Um, but again, these these guys get on these runs and they get a job. I kind of thought, you know, Holloway had a shot at the Seton Hall gig before they beat Kentucky, before they went on this run. And, and uh, Dick Weiss had corrected me. He did not think that if uh, Holloway had – not won a game in this tournament, he would not be heading to Seton Hall, you know, for two or three million dollars a year uh, today. I didn't see it, Alan. You you said it. Let's take a quick look here. Let me take a quick look. You're probably right. I just want to see what the contract might be. I had said three or four. Dick thought it was too much. Former St. Coach Holloway gets Seton Hall job. What's the money? Where's Kenny Gifford? It's all about the money. Um, I'm not seeing a contract yet. So I guess we'll have to wait a little bit to see that information and see what that contract is worth. Uh, I mean, Dick's thinking $2 million. I had said three or four. Even, But he, as Dick said, even at three or four, even at $2 million, he's making 10 times what he made this year. What do you got here, Alan? Xavier versus Texas A&M in the uh, NIT title. Uh, does anybody care? I feel if any team should have gotten in that didn't, it was the Aggies. Well, you know, again, I don't disagree with you, Alan. <laughs> but your favorite, um, you know, your favorite bubble team, not to pick on you, Alan, I, 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 I certainly enjoy your, comments and 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 certainly your loyalty to the big 12 but your favorite bubble team in iowa state definitely kept texas a&m or somebody else out so a&m probably i do think they were probably the, the team that got screwed the worst of not getting in so but again going back to the does anybody care about xavier and texas a&m playing in the nit i don't 
you know, every time I get, I, 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 you know, at night I go, oh, maybe I'll make a bet on a game tonight. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not betting the NIT. Who the heck cares? And you don't know what team wants to even go out there and play. By now you do. You know how many times I've been bitten in the, in the, in the ass over the years? You know, playing the, the NIT and you see a team. I can remember uh, Sienna playing uh, Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech. When Georgia Tech was really good with Bobby Cremens. And they both made the NIT. And uh, Georgia Tech came here to Siena and was only a one-point favorite. And Georgia Tech had finished like third or fourth in the in the ACC that year, but didn't make the didn't make the tournament. And you, you thought, how can George Georgia Tech not blow Siena out? Well, we know what happened. In fact, Siena went to the final to final four that year in uh, in the Garden, if I remember correctly. Alan's going to be honest. Always be honest. <laughs> always be honest, Alan. You didn't think Iowa State should have been in. Now you don't think they should have been in? You were pulling for Oklahoma the whole way. So you're just, uh, you know, pushing my buttons with Iowa State. <laughs> oh, God. What's that, Rick? Near. I, I, I'm not sure how to. I'm not sure if that's – I hope you didn't fall asleep at the keyboard there, Rick. Uh, let's see. What else did I want to chat about tonight? What we got, 804? We got plenty of time if we want to go on. Um, I had a few other things I wanted to chat about. The conferences we talked about earlier, the winners and the losers. The winners, the Big East, I think, is a winner. Um, with Villanova getting to yet another Final Four. Um, Providence, I think, uh, uh, equated themselves very well. Uh, my, uh, Miami doesn't play in the Big East anymore, knucklehead. Um, you know, okay, I think they did – I did an, enough to say they're a winner. Um, the MAC tournament with the great run from St. Peter's, I think, is a winner. The ACC comes out a winner. We beat up on the ACC all year long, including me. And uh, they come out here and, and just show everybody, you know, that they are still a, a league and a conference to be reckoned with. Um, what else would I say were big winners here? Uh, well, the A-10, I got to call a loser, unfortunately, because of Davidson's poor showing. Um, Somebody I had in my mind, I don't know. Big, the, It's easier to pick the disappointments, right? The Big Ten. No teams in the Elite Eight after getting nine in the Final Four, or the, the nine in the, in, the, in the field of 64. Uh, the SEC, Auburn getting beat by 20 against Miami. Arkansas, the only team to make it to the Elite Eight. Kentucky out in the first round against St. Peter's. Tennessee with a poor showing in their second round game. Um, just again, just not a good showing. The Mountain West, you know, uh, under the radar disappointment, four teams selected, not a winner among them. And that's where you start to say, boy, that's, and that's, and that's what happens. You do that. And then they, they had that poor showing. And then all of a sudden the committee's going to go to more Iowa States next year that are seven 11 in their conference. You know, and I don't want to see that. So they're not doing themselves any favors. Oh, nearly four million. 
Is it nearly four million? Sweet. I said three or four million. I was close. Couldn't find it in the article I pulled up here real quick. So thank you for that, uh, Rick Sherlock. <laughs> I'm just pushing my buttons with Iowa State. That's all right. That's what makes the show go. Uh, spring football practices are going to be starting up. Yes, I'm going to get some. I, I want to get some football uh, people on as we get into the spring. Um, I already talked to Hal Mum, Hal uh, Mum, who used to be the coach at uh, Kentucky. Uh, he's going to come come on the show here. Uh, you know, once we get into the spring, he's actually coaching in a new spring league. I don't know that much about it. It's not the USFL. I don't. I don't believe. Um, he was former coach at Kentucky, as I said, uh, for a few years, and he had to. The air raid attack, one of the, you know, the, he was one of the first guys to go to this. Uh, they talk, there's a lot of coaches now like Mike Leach and, and whatnot who run this type of offense, but he was one of the first and he actually was able to somehow coach Tim Couch into being a number one selection in the draft. So he must, Hal Mummy must have done a great job at Kentucky for sure. Um, some of the other winners and losers, um, we talked about the Big Ten. We talked about this. I mean, some of the coaches that won, obviously Holloway is a big winner in this whole thing. Jay Wright is a big winner here. Uh, Jay Wright is the most one of the most underrated coaches in the country, especially the, uh, of the coaches that have won na- multiple national championships. And I agree with uh, Dick Weiss's assessment that with Coach K going, I think Jay Wright is the best coach in the country right now. And – Villanova is very lucky to have kept him all this time, and I do think he'll finish his career at Villanova. So he's he's a big winner here. Um, the coach from San Francisco, whose name is, is escaping me at the moment, uh, got the job at Florida uh, after their coach, Mike White, jumped to uh, Georgia uh, after they fired their head coach. So he's certainly a big winner here. Jim Larangara, big winner, almost taking his second team uh, to the final four, that would have been a double-digit seed. So that would have been a great job. My buddy, Ray Lewis's son, arrested for DUI at Kentucky. There's a shock with that father figure. I got to tell you a quick story. No, nah, I'm not going to tell it. I'll tell it on uh, maybe Friday or Sunday. My Deshaun Watson, um, <laughs> it's off topic for college, but my dish, and maybe it's not because Deshaun Watson was such a big star in college. Um, I did post it to some Clemson uh, groups, um, but I, my the vlog I did really ripping into to uh, the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson. Um, <laughs> the, the the people that would defend him um, are amazing. Um, and I had somebody <laughs> claim. I had somebody claim that my comments might be racist because the only people I picked out were, you know, blacks. And uh, the only ones I referred to, I only referred to one, and I didn't refer to him by name, <laughs> um, you know, who was involved in a double murder. And I, I also threw my own guy under the bus, Aaron Hernandez, who was a serial killer in his own right, you know. But they were defending these guys. Ray Lewis never convicted of anything. Gosh, look at, you know, it's not one person, guys. It's 22. I digress. Sorry, I didn't mean to get into that. I don't know what made me laugh about that. I guess you brought up Ray Lewis and made me think about it. Are you shocked? What a great father figure he must be. And no, that's not a racist comment. 
You know, my 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 problems with him have nothing to do with color or race. It has to do with the fact that he was involved in a double homicide. You know, I mean, gosh, it's lighting up. All right. What else did I have here I want to chat about? I guess that's enough on the coaches and whatnot. We talked about the rebirth of the ACC. Great job. We talked about the uh, struggles of the Big Ten and the SEC. Big Ten has got to find a way to win some national championships. Every year they've got some of the best teams in the country. And they've got one of the best coaches in the country in Tom Ezzo. And they never seem to be able to win a national championship anymore. Not since the days of Bobby Knight. Well, Mike Davis won a national championship there after Bobby Knight, not kind of a fluke. But who else has won a national championship out of the Big Ten since Bobby Knight's been out of that league, let's say? Let me just take a quick look. I, I'm probably missing something, but... Oh, well, the Fab Four. Yeah, Michigan. It wasn't a Fab Four, actually. It was Michigan when uh, Fisher took over for Bill Frieder. The year before, that was the year that uh, Glenn Rice was a star of the team and Ramil Robinson and some other guys. They did have a great run and beat Seton Hall. We talked a lot about Seton Hall tonight. Beat Seton Hall in, in the final, so they did win. Not a team that people expected to win, though. How come I can't find a Big Ten? Where the hell are they? Per spelling, not working for me again. Illinois, no national championships that I remember. Wisconsin, lots of good teams, no national championships. Don't think. I believe they lost in the national championship game, right? Purdue, no national championships. Not even a Final Four since 1980. Iowa, perennial underperformers in the in the tournament. This year, I thought they were – I had them going to the Final Four. Fran McCaffrey had a team playing on all cylinders. And they go out in the first round of Richmond. Rutgers never won a national championship. Their only trip to the Final Four was when they were in the ECAC in 1976. Ohio State, no championships uh, since the 60s, early 60s. Michigan State did win a national championship for Tom Izzo. Michigan, as I said, they won with the uh, with uh, Coach Fisher, who was the interim when Bill uh, Frieder got fired for taking an Arizona job during the season. Indiana, Mike Davis wins one after uh, actually replacing uh, Bobby Knight, I believe, on an interim basis again. and But then he fell off the face of the earth. Maryland did not win as a member of the Big Ten when they won under uh, – Gary Williams, they were in the ACC still. Penn State, of course not. Northwestern, of course not. Nebraska and Minnesota, of course not. Big Ten, too many good teams there to not have a national championship. To have two national champions in about 30, 25 years. Too good. So enough on that topic. You guys can throw something at me if you got it. Um, I want to talk, look, I, we'll talk a little bit more about the games right now. I, I'm going to give you my picks and don't pick go by me because I have been atrocious in this tournament. <laughs> oh my God. Other than getting Miami into the elite eight, probably my number one pick. 
I am going to take Duke to beat North Carolina. I think that I think the I think this team has learned something and and grown a bit since they had that blowout uh, loss in in uh, Coach K's last game at Cameron Indoor. Um, I thought that day, and I commented on that Sunday that I thought the moment might be too big. Well, now I think that they've grown a little bit. They've gone through the wars of uh, uh, the uh, ACC tournament uh, and lost that final uh, to Virginia Tech. They nearly went out um, against uh, Michigan State, had to go on a 22-6 to run to win that game. Uh, they they had to come back and win their, their game in the, the next round. I'm, I'm forgetting who the heck they played now. Who the heck did they play? Hold on here, guys. Help me out. Somebody help me out. Um, who the heck did they play after they beat the... Uh, oh, Texas Tech. That was a battle, and they had to come back and win that game. They beat some really good basketball teams in this tournament, and I think they've grown, and their young stars have grown, and I think they're ready for the big moment, and Carolina, as good as they're playing, as good as they're playing, I think this is a game that Duke is going to be up for, and I think the coaching, you know, I, I don't want to belittle – uh, Hubert Davis in any way, shape, or form. But you got probably the greatest coach of all time. Yes, I said it. He's the greatest coach of all time. Mike Krzyzewski. Up against Hubert Davis in his first year. He's had a great first year, and it's not easy to replace a legend. And and Shire will find out next year when he replaces Coach K uh, what that's going to be like. But I like Duke to beat North Carolina. Um, I'm going to give Kansas a fighting chance here. Now, as Rick says, Kansas looks very tough. They do. They're tough and they're deep. Villanova, they only go six deep with more out. It's going to be very hard for Villanova to stay in this game. Remy Martin has played very good basketball for most of this, this, this tournament, if not all of it. Um, and, you know, you know, we said, I've said all along that, as Remy Martin goes, so will so will go the Kansas Jayhawks, and that's pretty much what has happened. He's, you know, he's only averaging eight points a game, but he's coming off the bench. He's playing within himself, which he didn't do a lot of this year. And it's going to be very tough for this team, and but for for Villanova, I mean, they because there's some really good guards that are going to get thrown their way um, by Kansas. Not just Remy Martin, but you know. Braun, Christian Braun, Agbajai, um, I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong. Drew, Drew would be chastising me. Drew's already chastised me for saying uh, uh, Velope's name wrong with the Yankees. Sent me a text. <laughs> so Drew and I are going to do a show, by the way. We'll talk about it uh, pretty soon. i got to come up with a night. Rick Sherlock, maybe you can p- help me pick a d- night and a time next week to do our baseball show. I haven't been able to kind of come up with a night to do it. Um, I was thinking about doing it on on Wednesday and just go straight four hours straight, but we'll see. Um, so anyway, with, with Villanova's injuries as issues with with Moore out, you know, Moore and Gillespie are just really good tandem in that backcourt, and 
I just don't know whether it would more out that that, that Villanova is going to have enough. They didn't play. They're going. They, they were only playing six guys really as it was. After the six guys, the next guy was uh, uh, Legino was averaging eight minutes a game in this tournament. Well, that's for the season. Sorry, that's for the season. So somebody's going to have to step up big time if Villanova's going to stay in this game. So I'm going to have to take Kansas. I, I love Jay Wright. I think he's one of the best coaches in the in the league. I, there's something about Bill Self I'm not a big fan of. He's been very consistent at Kansas. Um, Talked to Dick White about the investigation going on around there. and You know, with the NCAA doing nothing up until now, it, it, maybe there's nothing to it. But I have a hard time rooting for Kansas and, and Bill Self for whatever reason, Not even before these allegations. Um, so I'll be rooting for Villanova, but I think Kansas will win this game. And you're going to get a Kansas-Duke final, which will be a great basketball game. And I'm going to pick Coach K, who, again, I think is the greatest coach of all time, passing the immortal John Wooden and – no disrespect to Coach Wooden. They will win the national championship, in my mind. There's your winner. I think Kansas is tough, so it's. it looks like Rick has taken Kansas to win this Final Four. Is that true, Rick? Um, and if you're still with me, uh, you can give me a suggestion on a, on a day and time because I know you want to be there for that show, and I'd love to, you to be there to make some comments for our baseball preview show. Um, so, before I wrap it up tonight here in the next eight or nine minutes, um, give me a little uh, feedback. Let's see what else is going on in the world of college basketball. Since we're on this topic and maybe a little football, I don't think there's much news to talk about in football just yet. Uh, we talked about St. Peter's hiring coach Holloway uh, with Rick uh, talking about it being close to $4 million a year. Um the aforementioned um, Kansas guard, <laughs> I'll never be able to say this name, Egbaha, Egbaji, I'm sorry, Achoa. But he, Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray, who declared for the draft today, by the way, from Purdue, Drew Timmy from uh, Gonzaga, and Oscar Toshiba were all named as finalists for the uh, Wooden Award today, which is for the best men's basketball player in the country. And who this is going to go to, listen, I'd love to see Keegan Murray get this trophy. He played, he's, he, he had a great season, enough for Purdue, for Iowa, excuse me. Um, I said Purdue a second ago, but for Iowa, him and his twin brother uh, were, were a catalyst in, in Iowa winning the Big Ten tournament. Unfortunately, they flopped in the first round, but I like Keegan Murray's game, and I would love Keegan Murray to find his way to the Knicks, I'll tell you right now. I don't think that'll happen, but um, I'd love to see Keegan Murray win this trophy, um, but I think it's possible uh, that Igbaje will win this award. Keegan Murray, go Keegan Murray. What other stories we got here in college basketball we can talk about? Uh, Wesley, he's leaving Notre Dame early for the NBA. We're going to hear a lot of this coming from going forward. 
CSU's uh, Colorado State's uh, Roddy declared for the draft as well, but he could return because um, he's not hiring an agent, um, I would believe. And it looks like Chattanooga is ready to hire uh, VMI's Dan Earl as their new coach after uh, losing their own head coach, uh, Lamont Paris, who left earlier to go to South Carolina. Big move for South Carolina going to Chattanooga to hire uh, Lamont Paris. And I think that'll be a good hire for South Carolina, by the way. Uh, what do you got here? The PTI guys were teasing Jay Wright about not wearing his suit. <laughs> okay. You know, Jay Wright's one of the best dress coaches in the game. And uh, he's a classy guy. You know, Dick Weiss said it earlier how he does it right. He doesn't cheat. He does everything right. And he, and he looks the part. And now, you know, he's got himself... I don't know. What's he got there? Maybe Jay Wright's going to be that 40-year guy at Villanova. I don't know. I mean, maybe he could burn out. I don't really know, but um, see what he's got. He's got to have close to 20 years there, doesn't he? Oh, let's see. Jay Wright, 2001. 21 years he has right now at Villanova. He is... Oh, he's 60 years old. I didn't think he was that old. Well, I don't think he's going to get 40 years because he'd have to coach till he's 80. So unless he's Jim Beheim, that's not going to happen. So great coach, though. I love I love Jay Wright. Um, got a few minutes left here. Anything going on in college football we need to chat about? I haven't really dived too much into it. We certainly will as the weeks uh, as we get past this next weekend's. Final Four in college basketball would certainly be diving much, much more in uh, into football. Um, Pitts, Pittsburgh extend uh, Narduzzi's uh, contract through the 2030 season. Um, OSU increased uh, uh, Gundy. Mike Gundy, one of my favorite coaches. He just I, – I don't know what it is. I wish he'd win a national championship because I think he gets a lot of uh, – he gets a lot of grief that he doesn't have to get, but he gets his salary increases seven and a half million dollars a year. Um, something about the WWE holding college <laughs> former college athletes at WrestleMania weekend tryout. I don't think I'm going to dive into that story. Listen, we got some wrestling shows on the on the Northeastern Sports Network. I got nothing against wrestling. Years ago, I used to love it. Um, went to a lot of uh, wrestling uh, with uh, with Rick's brother Bobby and John Doviak and Gary Doviak and man, we had some fun. Almost getting Johnny in a fight with uh, Jake the Snake. Uh, was it Jake the Snake? No, it was. Um, oh God, who the hell was it? We were at a bar in, in Glens Falls that burned down. I think it was called the Dugout. Uh, not far from the Glens Falls uh, Civic Center. <clears throat> and this wrestler came in with his girlfriend. <laughs> we were goading Johnny on that he could take him. He could take him. Almost goading him too much. Uh, Rick says, any day. So any day with your works, it will be late for my fantasy. Oh, uh, yeah, because I, I, I didn't want to taint the draft, I think, Rick, by you being able to garner any of, of Drew's guruism. I also told him he's got two full hours next week to correct me on my 
pronounce it mispronunciations. <laughs> I, just mis I just mispronounced mispronunciations probably. Um, because he did text me to let me know that as a Yankee girl, I should know that Velope's name is not Velope, it's Velope. And um, <laughs> God bless him. It's okay. Yeah, look, at I understand. I don't really try to be correct all the time. It's, uh, as I told him, it sounds perfect in my head sometimes. And then Norm Crosby takes over my mouth. The ghost of Norm Crosby and uh, guys of a certain age will understand that, so. I don't know. I'll talk to Drew. We're going to come up with a, I got to come up with a day and time so I can promote this thing over the weekend. Um, I don't know that we're going to be able to go live on Roku, which is fine because I want comments and you can't comment on Roku. So we'll have some fun. And Rick, it'll be fun seeing you uh, uh, Saturday and we will plan a, uh, we will plan a new, uh, our next little get together for the T TGI sports talk crew. A uh, little happy hour uh, action. Um, I don't know. Maybe hopefully we can do it in April. If not, we'll do it in May. Um, Kenny said he's healthy and all right. And I want to make sure Billy can make it. And guys, anybody, Alan, you want to fly in from Oklahoma? Pop up. Um, Carlos, I know you're not here tonight. Rick said he pay for your gas up. Um, and, and Kenny's got a room for you, but I can't promise how long you're going to make it there. Um, that's it, guys. I got nothing else tonight. What do you got? Carlos has, and Carlos has a place to stay, correct? Carlos can stay up in the mountain with Kenny. Um, you know, if you've seen the movie The Shining, um, don't read anything into that comment. <laughs> oh, guys, I <laughs> can you hold on? Let me stop my music. So, this would be a Carlos waking up uh, with Car with Kenny standing. Oh! Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I'm only kidding, Carlos. I'm only kidding, Kenny. Actually, Kenny brought it up. So, Guys, fun night tonight. Thanks to Dick Weiss, legendary, legendary college basketball writer. And uh, Deliverance. <laughs> Deliverance might be a better, probably a better. Uh, it's still, you're going to get one of those somewhere. <laughs> a lot of fun with you guys tonight. Thanks for contributing as always. Uh, Alan and Sal, Rick, the rest of you watching, don't be so shy. Add a comment. Add a comment when you see this. And thanks to the groups that allow me to share it. I'll be on Friday with the uh, with the Mad New Yorker. We'll be talking Final Four. We'll be talking uh, maybe Shaheen Holloway. We'll be talking some NFL football, maybe some baseball. Got to come up with some topics for him tomorrow. We'll talk to you guys later. Keith Angle, TGI Sports Talk, right here on the Northeast Streaming Sports Network. We'll catch you next time.